Welcome to the GoTo Podcast. In this episode, Jaideep Banzal discusses how the Global Himalayan Expedition empowers the most remote communities on Earth by leveraging tourism as a driving force for development in a sustainable and scalable way. GoTo gathers the brightest minds in the software community to help developers tackle projects today, plan for tomorrow, and create for a better future. Stay up to date with the latest in tech through GoTo's top-rated events held online and in person in cities like Chicago, Amsterdam, London, and Copenhagen, and by subscribing to the GoTo Conference's YouTube channel, where you can find thousands more high-quality dev talks. Learn more at gotopia.tech. Thanks for joining us today, uh, Jaideep Bansal. Is that, did I pronounce that right? Absolutely. And uh, a pleasure to uh, be meeting you again uh, over a virtual uh, conference after such a long time. Prabhu. I would like to give you the opportunity to present the work you're doing. But before handing it over to you, uh, I'd like to, 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 to build up, to set the scene a little bit, because I hope that each one of us, that we do our humble contribution to making the world a better place every day. But still, for some of us, it seems more visible than for other. Um, and Jaideep, you have been at our conferences a few times. Um, and I consider you part of the family. And part of the go-to-DNA, too, is to, um, that we would like to show to our audience. We would like our audience to be part of that family, too, a big family that um, with the mindset that the world is way bigger than the four office walls, than the everyday at our little code camp. Uh, and with this cliffhanger, I would like to turn it over to you, Jadeep. Could you describe what is it? What is it that you're doing? Uh, thank you so much, uh, Pribhan, for the wonderful uh, introduction. Uh, and I mean, before I talk about what I do, I think uh, a huge congratulations to the GoTo team for, uh, you know, keeping the spirit high, uh, even though conferences are not possible during these tough times. But the idea of having unscripted chats uh, with uh, a diaspora of people across, and I've seen the uh, channel uh, and the kind of conversations that are happening, it's really great to see that you have kept the spirit alive of, uh, ultimately, it's about inspiring people. And uh, people can be inspired either through physical conferences or if physical conferences are not possible through a virtual medium. Uh, and I think the idea of GoTo itself, uh, when I look at the, I was, when you were talking, you know, what we do at GHE, uh, that is my organization, uh, the word GoTo kept coming into my mind. Essentially, you go to, uh, I mean, if I break the word, you go to chase a dream. And for us, it's been going to and chasing a commitment to really empower the lives of the remotest communities of the people living on this planet. Uh, my organization, Global Himalayan Expedition or GHE, it's a eight-year-old organization now. And we have been working in the remote regions of India, in the Himalayas and the northeast part of India, in the jungles of India, uh, to bring energy access, to bring education, health and livelihood opportunities to these communities. Some of these villages, we end up trekking for three to four days, crossing mountain passes at 15,000 feet. Or you end up going walking into the jungles for days and days, crossing river streams and dense jungle forest to reach these communities. And the idea is to really empower these communities to come out of the poverty 
and to bring them access to technology that can really uplift them out into uh, providing access to various basic necessities. I mean, the idea of creating dignity for the people to see the food that they eat at night without having to resort to burning candles and kerosene lamps, but having LED lights, having their own solar panels, having a solution where they are able to produce and consume their own energy. And that is really the future of electricity that we are deploying in these remote communities. And really happy to share that till date, we have been able to bring more than 150 villages with access to clean and renewable energy and impacted the lives of 100,000 people across these remote regions. And in the process, we have been able to offset tons and tons of carbon emissions. And with the whole world now talking about carbon neutrality and becoming climate positive, that is something we are already doing. And we are now, as the next phase of our evolution, also looking at partnering with companies who would like to become carbon neutral, but at the same time, create a tangible impact on the communities that we work with. COVID really presented a challenge for us with, uh, you know, the lockdowns, with our development work uh, literally grinding to a halt. But within our team, what we have seen is that we always look at the glass half full. We saw COVID as a way of opportunity to also enter into the arena of healthcare facilities. And we saw in these remote communities, people do not have access to good quality healthcare. Even if they do get access, there is no electricity to run the equipments. Sometimes the babies get delivered under candle lights. When I had a little daughter one year back, that is what really, you know, gave me an insight that what is childbirth all about? What is access to modern health facilities truly mean for these communities? And so we have now started solar powering health centers and also installing critical medical care equipment. And across uh, uh, the multiple regions, these health centers are also now becoming centers to distribute the COVID vaccine, which was not possible earlier because of lack of cold storage facilities. And so what we have seen is a single intervention can have multifold impact, provided we understand what kind of impact we want to bring to these communities and how can that really uh, empower the people. Technology is a great enabler. The idea of bringing access to development to these communities has only been possible because we have the right technology solutions, the right resources, the right know-how, and most importantly, the communities want it. The villagers want it. They want development. They don't want to be left behind on the SDG goals. And that is where we see that technology and the commitment of the communities plays a huge role in creating the kind of impact that we want to foresee for these communities. And so that sort of pretty much sums up what uh, we at GHE have been doing uh, during uh, the last uh, eight to nine years, and especially what we have done during the COVID time. Thank you. You, you once mentioned to me that there is estimated one billion people on this planet that literally eat in the dark. How do you how do you select the villages that you are visiting? I think for us, you know. You're right. There are still, uh, that figure is now 900 million, thankfully, uh, with the efforts of a lot of organizations like ours, the governments, the civil society and the private sector. So, but there are still so many people without access to clean energy. But you know what? More than 3 billion people in the world still don't have access to clean cooking. They use firewood, which causes a lot of smoke. 
but that's how they cook they don't have access to lpgs or uh, clean cook stoves or even the modern electric cook stoves so the access to energy or access to development is really impacting a lot of people across the globe and for us you know the answer to that is how do we select is very simple we look at communities where nobody else would want to go or nobody else uh, can think that they can go i mean recently we were in the month of february we went to a remote village in the northeast part of india right on the border and to reach there it took us 8 hours of trek across jungles when we went and reached the village the villagers told us we were the first outsiders that the villagers were seeing i mean they had never seen a sick guy before uh, my uh, i am a sick uh, by religion so that was the first time they were seeing someone who was a sick and these are people very much in india they are part of india they are indian communities but because their farmlands exist in such remote locations now some of you might be thinking why don't they relocate to the cities why do have they why do they have to stay at such far away places because for them that is their home they have been born and brought up in those places their homes exist in those places they have their farms that are in those places and so they want to continue to live a life in these places and for us it's about how can we empower these communities to continue to stay in the villages because that's where you see the real cultural heritage i mean if i could have just shared the videos of the welcome that we received when we reached finally when we reached the village amazing you know the entire village was dressed in their cultural clothing and they had a traditional dance to welcome us to the village and they thanked us for bringing electricity and once the light came on the happiness and the celebration that we could see and the smiles and the joy on the faces of the kids and the elderly was priceless and then nobody slept the entire night in fact till 4 am we were dancing and celebrating that the village now finally has electricity and so that is the kind of uh, you know commitment that we want to see because we don't want to push a solution we want to see that there is a commitment from the community they want such as technology solution they want access to development then only we want to enter those areas and that is something that there is a lot of due diligence that we do at rn to ensure that the community has the buy in and they want to accept such uh, development interventions only then we go we look for a pull rather than trying to create a push for our solutions so that's how we select villages when uh, we were working in the himalayan region and the ladakh region uh we were often faced with landslides uh, you know uh, sometimes you are trekking and there's suddenly a landslide and you are like uh, the whole trek route gets washed away so it becomes really challenging sometimes you end up falling into glacier river streams and then you have to trek with your uh, entire clothes covered with a sheet of ice uh and uh, of course you know <laughs> you end up in the in the cold shivering for 2 to 3 hours when you reach the village but uh moving geographies when we started working in the northeast part of india that came with another set of challenges it was not the mountains uh, these are jungle areas and so when we were uh, electrifying the first village um, um i and my team we were in a different part of the uh, main cluster of the village uh, and it was around 7 pm that suddenly we found two villagers coming rushing towards us and they said run there are bandits coming and i didn't realize what they said and uh, uh, we were working and i was playing with the kids and they said sir you need to run there are bandits coming and that's when we realized okay there's something wrong happening 
and we ran in the middle of the night uh, and of course jungles you can't see we had our torches we had three villagers in front of us two behind us and i and my engineer running at uh, you know breakneck speed uh, we fell couple of times because the you had to literally go down and then climb up uh, because these are hilly jungles and finally we reached the main cluster uh, uh, village cluster and uh, that's where uh, you know uh, we sort of uh, gathered our breath and then we sort of tried to understand what's happening they said sir there's some bandits come here uh, we will protect you don't worry <laughs> but that entire night we didn't sleep uh, and the next morning we started to decide you know should we go back or should we continue working but i think uh, you know the answer came automatically that if we decide to go back there is a reason why these places have not seen development it's because of these very issues because people don't get access to development they end up uh, taking up such uh, you know uh, opportunities to rob people to become bandits but i think uh, it's uh, if the villagers are saying that you should be in the village we will protect you we should be safe and so i think you know and that night i remember we had such an amazing celebration uh, the entire village more than 200 people gathered together to celebrate the electrification of village and you know that was something that had we turned back we would have never seen that uh, that kind of joy and happiness so i think you have to you are faced with difficult challenges but it's more about being very focused on what you came there for and remembering that you know uh, in, you know you will always find roadblocks you will always find things that don't work your way but as long as the community is with you the villagers are with you then there's no turning back <laughs> amazing have you ever gone back to one of these villages to see the impact like after one two after a, f- a few years great question and you know the first thing that we when ghg began for us it was how to ensure that the impact we are creating is sustainable not just for a couple of years but for decades and for that what needs to be true at the ground level what needs to be true in terms of the kind of solutions that we are putting in and very happy to share that the first village that we electrified in 2014 all the grids are still working fine every house has the same kind of electricity that we gave when we entered the village in fact they have scaled it up because new families came in they villagers invested their own money in scaling up the solar grids they have put up more street lights and so the same solar grid that we installed has now increased in capacity by almost 1.5 times to accommodate for the new uh, incoming families that have come in and the villagers have also contributed from their own saving funds to invest into street lights for the community very recently we had a social impact audit so we continue to audit our own work as well uh, and our uh, uh, the the team the third party that we hired for the social impact they went to some of our villages and they called us from the village crying that they said that it it means so much for the villagers and they are talking so highly about uh, you know what uh, ghe has done for them that it was also moving uh, for us that a village that we had electrified 4 years back the villagers are still remembering that yes these people came they got me electricity and my light is still working fine and but on a practical load what we do is once we electrify a village or once we do any development intervention whether it's uh, setting up computer labs in a school or whether it's uh, bringing solar electricity to a health center 
we have a pool of trained solar engineers we first focus on capacity development any new area that we work in we first train the local community as solar engineers once we have this pool of trained solar engineers then we work on development intervention so that if there is any maintenance any troubleshooting that is required it can be done at the local level they don't have to call me or someone else in my team they we have a pool of trained engineers we have a service center that we open up in these places and if anything goes bad the uh, engineers can immediately do the repair and maintenance and if there is any thing that the villagers want to invest in in scaling up they can do it through the service center so it's as hyper local a model that we create so ensure that the sustainability of the grids is maintained but also if people want to scale up if they want to move up the energy access ladder they can do that if tomorrow someone wants to buy a television they can do that if tomorrow someone wants to buy a mixer grinder they can do that and you mentioned that you're bringing internet access out into these villages too how does that happen so this is more of a offline internet i would say where all the information is stored on a, a device a wifi based device and we install it in the schools and the villages and it creates a local hotspot so that the kids and the villagers can connect to this device which has pre stored information but only the educational content uh, so for the kids it's uh, all their curriculum is digitized and put uh, in terms of interactive videos so that they can enhance their learning they get to learn more about the experiential learning tools how do you upcycle waste how do you ensure that uh, you know what does solar energy do so that they also learn and it opens up their minds and ideas to uh, you know what are the possibilities that exist which is otherwise not possible through the limited knowledge that they receive with the limited amount of information that the teachers also have here and for the community they are able to access uh, information about farming what are the good farming practices because they have been practicing the very traditional form of farming and medicine but through these uh, internet resources which is offline they are able to access more modern information and we provide a training to these communities we have a pool of uh, engineers in the community itself who handhold and teach the community of these resources that are available at their disposal and the best utilization of these resources for them so an offline copy of i suppose it's not of the entire internet what is it wikipedia it's wikipedia khan academy ted talks and a few encyclopedias and for the kids their entire educational curriculum from grade 5 to grade 12 is mapped uh, we have videos that we create uh, using cartoons and imagery and we load that onto that server and that is installed in these villages how long time does it take for people that had never seen a screen a mouse a keyboard before to actually learn to use that you would be surprised pravin as human will and human curiosity has no boundaries uh, to kids who have never seen a computer before it takes them less than 5 to 10 minutes to get a hang of where to click what does the mouse do uh, what button uh, which icon should i click to bring up uh, this uh, talk which icon should i click to bring up my science curriculum which icon should i click to bring my maths curriculum uh, so it takes less than 5 to 10 minutes and you don't even have to teach them just install the computer let their curiosity speak for themselves and you can see wonders happening i mean it's it's just amazing to see how fast people learn how fast kids uh, learn when they have the resources 
And that is what we want to do. We want to provide these kids with access to resources that puts them at par with the students in the rest of the India who have access to these resources. I mean, fundamentally for us, the belief is that we have technology solutions that can enable these kids to be, uh, uh, you know, fighting for the same kind of resources and knowledge as their counterparts in a Delhi or a Mumbai or even, let's say, a Berlin or a New York. Who are these mountains or these jungles to decide which child should have access and which child should not have access to resources? I absolutely agree. Yes. The work you do and those parts of the world that you see and now being a family father, has that changed your view on the world? I think it has reinforced my view that what we are doing at GHE, what my personal mission to empower these remote communities to really bring uh, access to development, uh, it has further strengthened because when I look at my girl, I have aspirations for her. I want her to have the access to the best of the resources. But it would be very, very selfish of me to only think of only my child. Uh, there are so many children out there who do not have access to resources. There are so many people out there who do not have access to the right uh, facilities. And there are so many people out there still living in darkness. Having a child has reinforced my belief that we want to scale this up we want to bring more impact to people and we really want to ensure that everyone in this world has access to a sustainable future and access to a future where they feel secure, where they have access to good healthcare, they have access to good education. Because ultimately, if we really want to achieve the UN Sustainable Development Goals, we cannot achieve them in a New York or a Berlin or a Delhi. They have to be achieved in these remotest of the villages and it's about really empowering everyone together because development is for everyone. Access is for everyone. And we really need to ensure that we get everyone on board and have equality that, you know, nobody should feel that they were left behind because they could not have access to the right resources in their communities and in their villages. So what can we do to support you? How can we join your mission? Something that we have started recently is now we are uh, working on carbon offset projects uh, where what we are doing is we are tying up with companies such as IT companies, travel companies and uh, FMCG companies because everyone wants to become carbon neutral and climate positive. And uh, when we started working in the northeast part of India in the jungles, what we saw was the communities end up using a lot of firewood for cooking their food. And that's where we see a great sort of collaboration with the uh, entire IT industry as well because uh, the IT industry or even uh, companies such as GoTo, uh, where you are doing conferences, there is carbon emissions that are associated with holding a conference, getting all the people in, holding the conference and then flying them back out. But what if your conferences could be carbon neutral? What if uh, IT companies can be carbon neutral with the data centers that they are running for their operations? And that's where we feel that instead of just buying credits from the local market, what does it take for these companies and for maybe a go-to also to invest in carbon offset projects in these remote communities where through that, these communities will get access to clean cooking? Where uh, And what I've seen is currently they, uh, the kitchen is a separate housing unit from the main house and the mothers and the children, they spend 90% of the time in this kitchen in the smoky atmosphere, which causes a lot of health and respiratory issues. But with clean cooking solutions, 
the smoke gets eliminated by 90%, the food cooks faster, they get more time and they end up using less firewood. So they are cutting less fire, uh, less of their forest reserves for cooking their food. But most importantly, it creates a win-win scenario where the communities are able to transition to cleaner cooking methods. But for the company that invests in this project, they are able to get carbon credits to the tune of almost, you, you know, one cook stove can provide you more than 2.5 tons of carbon emissions. So let's say if you do 10,000 cook stoves, that 25,000 tons of carbon emissions on an annual basis for a period of five years, which comes to more than, you know, 120,000 tons. And so those are the kind of projects that we are really looking to find partners to collaborate with who would want to advance their sustainability goals, become carbon neutral, but become carbon neutral, but by not just buying credits of the market, but by actually investing in clean energy solutions for these remote communities back here. You know, every time I speak to you, I can feel, I, I sense there's still hope for this world. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Preben. I think, uh, you know, like I said in the beginning, go to pursue your dreams. You can go to, to create an impact. And you can definitely go to, to make this world a better place to live in. Thanks for listening to this episode of the GoTo Podcast. Head over to gotopia.tech for lots more content from the brightest minds in software development. Mm-hmm.